0: The kid upstairs, we call the night runner because literally after dinner time, like close to bedtime every night, this kid just starts sprinting up and down the hallway.
1: Like just yeeting across. All right. Okay. Maybe he's training to be Usain Bolt. You never know. Maybe. 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 <laughs> But yeah, welcome everyone to the latest podcast of A Good Story Starts With. I have one of my good friends here, Pierre through Lancaster. Um, yeah, you, you're, you're Lancaster now. Um, <laughs> but she just looked really surprised when I said Lancaster because this girl is what four months married now.
0: Yeah, we're going on to four months. End of this month is four months.
1: Oh my goodness. That's I know. exciting.
0: I know. Bit um, of a year, isn't that crazy?
1: That is super crazy. Um, so this night runner kid um, eating across the hallway.
0: Can you can you hear them? They're not no, running no. right now, but they run a couple of times. Um, yeah. Yeah. The apartment that we're in, the walls are so thin that I can hear the child crying. Um, <gasps> and I did have to check myself. I was in the kitchen and I heard the kid crying for. So long. And I was like, oh, where is this mother? And then I was like, you know what, Pietro? She might be busy. So
1: she, she go. might. Yeah. It is, <laughs> it, it is a strange time. So I think your name is quite beautiful, Pietro. Um, and, but I knew you and we, like, we lived in New Zealand together and you used to go by Petro. Yes. And I was just, and I was just wondering, like, how did you go? Well, obviously you were always Pietro, mm. but like, how did you go from Petro to Pietro when you moved to the Americas? Like what's yeah. what happened there?
0: Um that has been quite a journey. Um mm-hmm. I only started realizing at uni that I didn't go by my name. Um mm. that everyone just kinda called me by my phonetic name. Which ironically mm-hmm. I had enough trouble trying to get people to pronounce Petro. Um mm-hmm. And it's weird saying it out loud now because I just, I haven't said it for like two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was talking to my mom and she just started feeling really guilty that they hadn't just told people to call me Pietro since we moved, since we immigrated to New Zealand from South Africa. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So I, th- when I, I did my, Third year of uni in Texas. And I tried then going by Pietro, but I just didn't have the, it takes a lot of guts and courage to like get people to say your name correctly because it's Mm -hmm. a lot of repetition. And, um, I just didn't have that stamina. So I tried initially introducing myself as Pietro, but then just ended up going by Petro. But when I moved here to Dayton, I just kind of realized like enough's enough. Like I am, there's so much of my identity tied to my name and I'm not mm-hmm. by my name. And there are, It's. it was a journey of a couple months of learning how to introduce myself. <laughs> um, there are people that call me a whole host of different things. I had one professor who literally called me a different name every time he spoke to me.
1: Bless him. Bless him.
0: He tried. And now I have. A built in interpreter that goes everywhere with me in the form of a husband, um, that I just get him to say my name because I found that the way I say my vows sounds different to other people than it does to
1: me. So it doesn't make those Americans.
0: I know. It's
2: so complicated.
0: (laughs) But yeah, it's a, a journey of reclaiming my identity as South African. Yeah. And it That's being so a family cool. name made it more important because I'm named after my Oma and her name is Pietru, it's not Petra.
1: That's so wonderful. And what does Pietru mean?
0: Pietru is uh, just another female version of the name Peter. So it means mm-hmm. rock.
1: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And have you found like that there are aspects of your personality that are like, we are not going to be moved on this issue. That's it. Well, Has- well
0: you know your girl's <laughs> a cabin. You know that. <laughs> I don't even so, know why you asked me. Um, I I know
1: that. I know that. But, like, yeah. the audience might be like, oh, man, she sounds like a preppy, like, American valley girl, like
0: you. <laughs> um, no, I, as Anson, as my husband, and I um, like to put it, I am someone that has a little bit of spice to my personality. Um, But it's interesting. I was very stubborn um, and very angry as a kid. And in becoming more me, I've become more teachable, more malleable and less wow. stubborn. And so it's interesting that kind of duality. And you and I talk about this often of like two things mm-hmm. true at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I found that in my teachability and in my kind of ability to sit in cognitive dissonance and be able to sit with someone who like, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with you, but I'm not going to say anything or I'm not going to explode the way I used to. Yeah. Made me stronger and it's made me more solid. So I think that that kind of rock meaning of my name, I've taken it differently that I'm not necessarily like a boulder rolling down a hill, taking out mm-hmm. every part of my path, but I can be a river stone and just that's amazing that solidly and let life flow over me
1: that's so cool I really like that metaphor that's yeah
0: it's really cool <laughs>
1: <Thank you. laughs> I was just like that is so cool Now it's really awesome to and I've mentioned this before to you like off camera but like it's really really cool to see you relaxed mm-hmm. um not just in the like um, mention of like, oh, you've changed from Piet, from Petro to Pietro, but just in your mannerisms, you've come home to yourself and it really comes across. Um, there is a certain level of safety that you bring now wherever you go. And it's like, oh, like, like, obviously I, I trust you, but there's like a deeper level of trust that comes now from you wearing yourself well. So it's really, really cool to see that.
0: That's super encouraging. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so
0: journey keep, so keep, journey.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So keep telling people what your name is and keep telling people who you are and standing in that. It's really cool. Um, are you still writing?
0: I am. I am. I took yeah. a break, um, from writing just with doing a master's degree and planning a wedding. Um, mm. that was a time to be alive, dude. Um, mm-hmm. so I went from writing monthly to just writing uh, quarterly. I actually Mm -hmm. uh, put up a blog, not a blog post, an article. I write for Christian today. Mm -hmm. Um, And I posted an article there two days ago, I think. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm officially back in the saddle. I have done the classic thing of revamping what my blog looks like, and I have some ideas that hopefully I will get written on paper. Maybe today. Maybe I'll do that today since I'm – got nothing else on my schedule
1: Nah, that is so cool like what apart from like finishing your master's what got you back into writing was it just it was time again you had free time you had nothing else to do
0: (laughs) yeah all of the above (laughs) um that was a horrible laugh um i hate that that's okay um yeah it was funnily enough my master's degree um Mm -hmm. i did my thesis based on people's stories and did you yeah i literally sat down and i asked people um it was based on people's experience of the pandemic international student athletes and i just sat down and i said to them what has stood out to you in the last year and a half it was at that point and i just sat and listened and just asked follow-up questions Mm -hmm. and was so moved by people's stories and Mm -hmm. yeah and i think also, my dad, I love him. You know him. You love him. Everyone loves him. Um, Never used to read what I wrote. I would email him a link to, like, my blog posts or poems or whatever, and he never read it because, I mean, I was, what, like 15 at the time. Um, yeah. And I don't know what happened, but he started reading what I was writing. I think it was maybe when I was in Texas and he missed me. Yeah. Um, And he said to me when I was kind of – questioning giving up writing monthly he said please don't stop mm. and it just hit me like if someone like my dad <laughs> who you know doesn't really read blogs and articles is telling me to not stop I shouldn't stop um, yeah. and yeah being inspired by people's stories and knowing that I I didn't want to give up writing and hmm I just didn't have time for it. Now I have time for it. And and I'm sure you can resonate with this. I'm not someone who wants to write from a place of unhealth or being unsettled. I want to know Mm -hmm. that the words that I'm putting out into the world come from a place of healing, um, a place of wholeness um, and that they're going to be life-giving. And that's not the season that I was in. And so (laughs) I just didn't Mm -hmm. write, but I'm, I'm jumping back into that that season so
1: yeah right yeah it's really interesting that you say that because i think there's this massive myth within creatives ah uh, actually let's broaden that a little bit within the artistic field that's like your best work is when you are like insecure and really sad and really depressed and I just, I just don't agree with that. I think there is beauty in being healthy. There is beauty in writing when you are filled with love and light and joy. Cause I think those resonate with people the longest that makes people long for something better. I think there's this urban legend. I don't know if it's true of like, Oh, somebody said, Oh, if Picasso. Like, had antidepressants, like, we wouldn't have gotten all of his best works. And somebody was like, hey, like, if he had antidepressants, he would have been healthy. Imagine the long life he would have had and the amount of creations he would have had. And that's something that always stays in the back of my mind when, um like, I start creating something because there is a level of vulnerability in creating. And there's a lot of your insecurities come up in like in this podcast, like a lot of insecurities come up of like, you say I'm a lot or like your voice is crap or all that jazz and being like, you know what? Like you as an artist, you, you are being what you were created to be as an image bearer. You are shining a light through you to other people and saying like, Hey, life gets better, life is actually beautiful, let's enjoy it. And I just, yeah, I really resonate with what you said there of like writing or creating from a healthy place. So thanks for sharing that.
0: I think the work that people kind of see as moving when it's written from the perspective of being broken or being in pain, I think Mm -hmm. that work even is at its most powerful when it's written Retrospectively or, yeah, created retrospectively, when you're able to kind of recognize the feelings for what they are and talk about the experiences for what they were from a different mm-hmm. perspective. Um, because even I've written stuff that has been, um, more about pain than it has been about goodness, but I always try to end on a positive note because there's no mm-hmm. point in drawing people into your pain and just leaving them there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So th- I think yeah. that's why I don't think it's good to create a full piece from a point of unhealth. You can start it when you're broken, mm-hmm. but it needs to be finished when you're in a good place.
1: Yeah. And on a hopeful note, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you have any like other creative pursuits you're pursuing at the moment apart from writing?
0: Um, apart from writing, I was thinking about this because of the weird mm-hmm. season that I'm in right now. Um, mm-hmm. Homemaking is my creative pursuit. Um, Tell me
1: more. I'm intrigued.
0: Yeah. We moved into our condo, apartment, whatever you want to call it. Literally three days before we got married, it was a whirlwind. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, (laughs) But the four months since then, it's been like, okay, well, I found this plant. Where can I put this plant in my home? And, um, because I am home all day thinking like, okay, what environment can I create that my husband mm-hmm. can come home to and how is that going to impact his feeling? Like, how is that going to impact his wanting to come home? Yeah. Um, and just little things through, you know, picking out throw pillows or
2: mm-hmm.
0: out, um candles or, um, honestly cleaning, <laughs> cleaning yeah. doesn't sound like it's creative at all but it is it's part of the creative process of creating your home um, mm-hmm. and as i'm blessed with a man who loves creativity as well
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and so we've kind of been going room by room through the house as we've been decorating and thinking how can we make it look like us not like yeah and not like Pietro how can we make it look like us but more than that what feeling do we want to be mm. in this space and thinking okay well what colors do that and um which has been a totally new form of creativity for me yeah um, but it has been so rewarding and so fun
1: that's so cool mm-hmm. now it's really it's underrated a that cleaning is a creative process because mm-hmm. there's a certain orderly that comes when it's clean and you're like, ooh, I can think now. Mm-hmm. I know for me, like personally, I I like having a clean space to mm-hmm. like think through mm-hmm. and um like work through. It's not clean today because this week has been quite a hot mess. <laughs> um
0: there's room for those days too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mom um I was talking to her one day and just moaning and groaning about cleaning because real talk, it's not always a great time. Um, And she said to me that whenever she cleans, she prays for her family. So when Mm. like cleaning the space where my dad inhabits a lot of the house, she'll be praying for my dad and just kind of inviting God into that space or in kind of like, I don't know, cleaning the spiritual atmosphere as you're cleaning. Mm the physical space which Mm. kind of encouraged me to have a better attitude about cleaning yeah (laughs) i like the clean space i don't so much love the act (laughs) of cleaning
1: cleaning Mm, yeah we're all about that product that process though Mm.
0: Mm. Mm. (laughs) Uh,
1: it's it's it's, can i can i have a refund (laughs) can we just skip that can we
2: Mm. oh
1: my goodness but no that's so true but how's your family um with you like i know how close you are with your family um and being in Dayton, America and then being in Christchurch, it's like that's that's pretty far just a little
2: bit
0: yeah it is it's too far um mm-hmm. i miss them a lot and just with how busy life is for them they've currently got two teenagers living in the house and mm-hmm. um three adults so it's mayhem um mm-hmm. And time differences and all that stuff, trying to make time to connect is tough, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's beautiful when that connection comes. And we've got a family group chat that's really fun and really uplifting. And, um, yeah, they're good. They're good. Mm -hmm. I, I think they would be better if they were with me, or at least I would be better if they were with me. (laughs) Um, but I mean, I saw them a couple months ago, um, which is not something that I ever thought I would find um, comforted that I saw my family a couple months ago. If you Mm. told me that I would be living thousands of miles from my family and be comforted that I saw them a couple months ago, I would tell you you're crazy. Yeah. I have beautiful photos from a beautiful day of memories with them, which kind of carries me through. That's amazing.
1: So this beautiful day of memories, Mm. um, is, is the wedding day. Um, how, (laughs) like I, (laughs) Like, if you didn't catch that. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I only managed to watch the live stream, of course, because I couldn't fly over to Dayton. Um, but you dress at Pockets and, um, and I just, and I, I was fangirling. Like, you couldn't hear me, but you probably could hear me. I was like, it is Pockets. <laughs> um, so I was.
0: Handkerchief or something at one point, and I like showed everyone that my dress had pockets, and you could hear every woman in the room go,
2: Oh, okay. yes, yes,
1: this is what we want. Yeah. <sighs> but, like, obviously, it's a highlight in your mind. Mm-hmm. But what was the one thing that you were like, Man, I'm so thankful that this happened, apart from getting married?
0: Honestly. Without crying, <laughs> my dad, walked you
1: can on the
0: aisle. Yeah, we got married end of May. Um, and up until March, I wasn't sure if we were going to have a wedding because we mm. sure if my family was going to be able to come because of COVID. Um, and I'd kind of flippantly said to Anson back in you know early 2020. When we were planning the wedding, I said, well, if my dad can't come, we'll just get married in someone's backyard. Your dad will walk me down the aisle. It'll be fine. But then December 2020, his dad passed away. And so from December through March, not only was it walking through very active, very painful grief. Um, mm-hmm. With him, but it was that thought of, well, if my parents can't come, I'm not walking myself down the aisle. And I haven't been mm-hmm. here long enough that I have a dad like figure mm-hmm. other than Anson's dad who could walk me down the aisle. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And you know, I'm very close to my dad. So that was, mm-hmm. I think that was my moment that I'm, oh man, I'm so thankful for that. Um, mm-hmm. And the month leading up to the wedding, I'll tell you about it one day. It was chaos. um and very very stressful and somehow the holy spirit just inspired me through other people to create little pockets of quiet and i know my mom is so you know selfless and encouraging that i i knew that she would get lost in the day just by Mm -hmm. serving other people and so she and I actually went to the wedding venue before all the bridesmaids arrived to put on my dress, just the two of us. Aww. Um, and I'm really thankful for that moment of just me and my mom to honor mm-hmm. her for who she is in my life. And then I did a first mm-hmm. look with my dad and kind of yeah. had the same moment with him. Um, I didn't have any other family. At the wedding, mm-hmm. um, I only had a handful of friends. Thankfully, Anson's family is ginormous. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, honestly, just having my family there, which is not something mm-hmm. I, again, ever thought that that would be the one thing that I was so thankful for from my wedding day because you take it for granted. Like, of course, you're going to be there. Of course, your mum's going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. But having them there was definitely my highlight.
2: Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah clearly um yeah
1: that's so beautiful I remember talking to you through 2020 and like the grief mm-hmm. and the stress that you guys were under mm-hmm.
2: that
1: was <laughs> that was a lot how like how did you guys work through that well like how did you process all um The anger, because like this is, this is from a previous conversation we had. Your ring took forever to arrive (laughs) to America.
0: Uh, (laughs) uh, For context, for everyone listening, my engagement ring, um, the diamond is from my Oma, my grandmother's engagement ring, and it was in New Zealand. And she gave us permission to use the diamond, or I guess gave us the blessing of the ring. Mm-hmm. In June, um, I finally shoved my dad and Anson into communication with each other to organize said ring mm-hmm. in August. Um, we celebrated our anniversary in October. I started manically getting manicures. <laughs> 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 and we it finally arrived uh, on Christmas Eve, I think.
2: We mm-hmm.
0: got engaged New Year's, so it was mm-hmm. – six months of I know that the ring is in existence. <laughs> um which I mean saying it now six months is not that long, but at the same time Dude. When you're it is it's it, when you're waiting to get engaged, it's a long time. <laughs> it's a hella long time. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, twenty twenty was a lot for everyone and mm-hmm. you know just recognizing that while I went through a lot, a lot of people went through worse. So
2: mm-hmm. I want
0: to you know, make more of my struggle than I need to. I think something Anson and I talk about often is how we walk through that season of me not being able to go home,
2: mm-hmm.
0: engagement being a maybe, <laughs> um, <laughs> the wedding being a maybe, and then uh, his dad's series of how things happen until he passed Um, Mm -hmm. And then walking through that, we actually got engaged the same month his dad passed away. Um, Yeah. We got engaged after. And so we got engaged in a very, (laughs) very sad time in our lives. Um, But I think one of the things that we quickly had to learn was, even though life is not okay, and even though I might not be okay, or Anson might not be okay, that he and I are okay.
2: Mhm.
0: I think especially for Christians because we have this understandable culture of getting married very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um we have this idea that everything has to be rosy and perfect and you have to have just this instagrammable relationship. But I know. Um and for we had to realize well we don't have that. Life is horrible right now. Um mm-hmm. But amongst the grief, you and I are solid and you yeah. and I are okay. And part of that came from me recognizing that he's an introvert. He's not someone mm. who wants to, I know, I married an introvert of all things. <laughs> um, wow. I didn't,
1: yeah. wow. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, but like, I'm like,
0: what? my <laughs> um, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I have Sunday afternoon naps now so that Anson can have time by himself. <laughs> 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 Mary. That's a wonderful thing. No, um, I think we had to learn to just be honest and open and come as you are. Yeah. And I think because we were doing, we lived an hour apart when we were dating and engaged, um, learning that it's okay to have a bad date at yeah. A date that, like, hey, I just, I just want to watch TV because I feel crummy today. Um, mm-hmm. And we just kind of had to drop the facade of being the perfect girlfriend or being the perfect yeah. girlfriend and uh, being the perfect fiance. And it's mm-hmm. kind of letting the person into all of the ugliness that is you. Um, yeah. And walking through that. Community was a huge, huge, huge blessing for us. Um, yeah, being real with people of where we're at, which is tough because Anson's in ministry. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I mentioned that he's the worship and creative pastor at our church.
1: Um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like no, you hadn't mentioned that, but that's yeah. really
0: cool. No, he's he's. I'm super proud of him He's amazing at what mm-hmm. he does. Um, but it's hard in ministry to be real about um the grossness of life and yeah you know i remember one sunday i showed up and this super sweet lady that i love talking to was like oh how was your weekend you know did you enjoy um the happiness of newlywed life and i was like actually we drove to indiana to go bury anson's dad this weekend um oh yeah but yeah just kind of sitting in that moment with her being able to share the joy of the moment and the beauty of the moment, but also being mm. able to recognize like, yeah, we're a little, it sucked. More, mm. um, this weekend. And I think that was for us a huge blessing. We kind of learned to tell people that we're not okay because people want to come alongside you. But I think so often we live in this fear that I can't tell people out of fear of them not showing up for me.
2: Yeah. Oof. Um, Ooh. Just <laughs> I just need to people feel people that. I just
0: need to sit in that. I, I we, just we, don't sit wanna, that. we don't want to tell people, "Hey, I'm hurting," in case they go, "Okay, bye." Yeah, uh, that's uncomfortable. I'll be over there. But mm-hmm. I think when you're honest and open about what you're going through with the right people, mm-hmm. um, people want to show up for you, and people want to do life with you, and Especially if you're someone who shows up for others, um mm-hmm. I don't think it's a thing that you can constantly <laughs> expect people to show up for you if you're not showing up for them mm-hmm. but yeah, just learning to invite people into that space um yeah there's this super sweet lady at our church who's become a really dear friend of mine, yeah, um she drove through the three hours for ensign's dad's funeral um oh. to work, and she's her I know she's amazing um her little five-year-old has become one of my best friends too. She's so cute. Um, yes.
1: Oh my goodness. It's such a, it's such a beautiful story that you're telling. Like I'm getting teary <laughs> out at Michael.
0: Like, oh. She sat there and Anson and I were almost engaged at this time, living in our apart. And <clears throat> she said, is there anything we can do to help? And I said, "Anson is bad at feeding himself when he's sad. Like mm-hmm. we all are like, that's, we're either too good at feeding ourselves or bad at feeding ourselves. <laughs> That's is very true. And I said to her, Thursday nights he has rehearsal and he only leaves church around 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. Mm. Can you take him dinner? Mm-hmm. And me being honest enough to being like, yeah, we have a need and this is it. She fed him every Thursday up until we got married. And she and her family would take leftovers to him at church and her little girl would sometimes write Anson a little card and, Oh yeah. I think the takeaways from grief is being completely honest with one another, mm-hmm. showing up as you are, um, and being okay that even though life's not okay, that you and I are okay.
2: Um, oh, like
0: yeah. And living in community.
1: That's so beautiful. Like, community done right like Mm. that example that you just gave oh man i'm actually crying um
0: (laughs) yeah it's community christian community done wrong is so emptying
1: and diabolical
0: yeah and damaging and all the things but done right living in community i mean one african baby to another like you know you were made to live in a village and you were made to I live was... in a village and like that's what it is church can be a village and it can be such a beautiful thing
1: yeah totally with you like I purposely surround myself like within my life group I'm one of the youngest there because I'm like I already know what I think as like a young baby I want to know what other people older than me have gone through and are able to impart wisdom on me because I think like learn from mistakes, preferably other people's.
0: Absolutely. Um, <laughs> like, you and I like, can to figure out this life season that we're both in. Yeah. But why not ask someone who's already been here and be like, yo, help a sister out.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, um, I remember like, this was like way before, um, Darcy and I were together. I was speaking to Alana, who like everyone will meet in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, like, what's, what's the secret to a great marriage? Cause her and her husband's marriage, dude, top notch, mm-hmm. high sass, high level of respect and Lovely. high level of love. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's just, oh, amazing. And, and they've gone through like some really tough stuff as well. But like, I was like, how do you, how do you do that? And she's like, you just, Communicate with one another and you love one another and you stay like exactly what you said that you and I are okay. And I was like, all right, okay, this is it. Um, but how, how did you guys, how did you and Anson like build that Mm. relationship of like, you and I are okay? Because that's something that you learn. In the relationship, best Mm -hmm. walking with one another through mistakes. Like, how did you guys do that?
0: Well, I think you nailed it there through mistakes. (laughs) Um, I am a very highly anxious person. I don't know if you know that about me.
1: Um, did not pick that up at all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But my husband has so much wisdom and discernment, and I would start spiraling about something, and he would just say, Stop. This is not a big deal. Mm -hmm. which to me the first time he told me this is not a big deal I was so offended I was like how dare you tell me this is not a big deal but then I sat on it and I was like actually it's not a big deal yeah it's not and I think we we had a conversation where we realized that in conflict the thing that you really want the other person to recognize is that they hurt your feelings Mm -hmm. You don't care about what the action really was or what it wasn't, but that they hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. And so we had a conversation where we said, Hey, telling the other person you hurt my feelings sounds so juvenile, but it's a safe thing to say. Mm -hmm. And even having a conversation where no question is bad, um, and just kind of me being honest with, you know, where I'm at and how I process things. And, um, we, I don't know, as my family being so far away and his family being a couple of hours away isn't ideal in so many ways, especially of, you know, wanting to do life in community and you get to know someone by knowing their family so well,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: but because we didn't have that, we had to talk about families. So I had to talk mm. about how my family deals with things. And, um, even just having those conversations, um, got to a point where it's okay for me to ask him after every conflict, are we okay? Yeah. And him to say, yeah, we're okay. And, yeah. um, him to just say, I'm in my feelings today. Yeah. And me to recognize, okay, my man needs some space for me. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he doesn't want me. It's not that he wishes I would go away or that I am too much. Um My man just needs space with himself.
2: Yeah.
1: I can, I can hear the kid now running. Sorry. To-
0: <laughs> the night is apparently 4.57. So I have to assume it's around dinner time and the night runner appears.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's just, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can hear him now. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, like what you just said, of being okay after a conflict like that's in talking about that mm-hmm. and saying hey are we okay mm-hmm. and not being afraid of conflict yeah I feel that to the depths of my bones um
0: I think just like, recognizing that conflict is okay um mm-hmm. and that my
2: mother is calling me
0: I'll call you back um oh. mm-hmm. and, what the point of conflict is and recognizing that I need Anson to recognize that my feelings were hurt and mm-hmm. he needs me to recognize that he was just doing his best, <laughs> yeah. um, you know? And yeah, especially walking through a period of grief made that so real.
2: Yeah. So real.
0: I remember there was one day that Anson was just in the throes of grief and we mm-hmm. were driving back from church in two separate cars because ministry life. Um, and I was just crying before the Lord and I said, God, is this it? Is this what the rest of my life is going to look like? And I said to him, I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to walk away from this. Cause I know that this is what you have for me. Yeah. I don't want to pull myself into my work or eventual family. Like I want to pull myself into my husband. Mm-hmm. I want him to be the point of marriage, not, marriage or not children and even being honest with ensign about that of like hey i know you're grieving but i am hurting Mm. and learning to walk through that of i don't know if this is just a me thing Mm. but that both people are allowed to be hurt and one doesn't have to be more hurt than the other exactly (laughs) i don't know
1: no, I think I think you raise a really fair point because as really basic as it sounds, relationships are made up of two people.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> like, it's like, it I just. To to, it doesn't have to be a rosy relationship.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like, made up of two people and those two people have different, needs have different ways of viewing life and just because something hurts me more than it hurts my partner does not mean he's not hurt either Mm. like or vice versa both parties can bring their hurts to one another because that's the whole point of the relationship is like hey babe like this hurts and this hurts you to let's find comfort in one another mm-hmm. and not another person. Mm-hmm. Um, let's deal with this together and not independently shoot out and say, oh, other people will have a say in our relationship. Um,
0: but yeah. building off of that in mm-hmm. the moment of I know you're grieving, but I'm also hurting,
2: mm-hmm.
0: recognizing that he cannot fulfill my needs. Because Mm -hmm. he is grieving. Yeah. And so me saying, okay, I need to call my girlfriends and go have coffee. Or Mm -hmm. I need to talk to my mom. Or I need to take care of me. (laughs) Okay, I need to spend some more time with Jesus.
1: Yes. Um, Yes, we do.
0: But knowing that it's okay for him to not be able to fulfill my needs the way he normally does. But that doesn't mean that I'm not showing up to fulfill his.
1: Correct. Yeah. yeah. No, that's very true. What, like built, like building on from that, mm-hmm. what I really like about your relationship with Anson is the way that he celebrates you. Mm. Um, I, I've probably, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. Oh, I think it's competition between you, him and, and your dad of who celebrates you more, um, in terms of that, because I just, yeah, the way that he celebrates you, that Anson celebrates you is absolutely gobsmackingly amazing. And you needed a guy who would champion you. Mm. You needed a guy who would stand beside you as well as like, sometimes be your shield Mm. and be like, yo, I know she can handle this. But she doesn't have to because I'm here. Mm. Um, and I, really? I really,
0: yeah, sorry. Yeah. You go. No, that's,
1: <laughs> it's okay. We interrupt each other all the time, but like, I just, I just want to thank Anson for doing that. Mm. Um, and yeah, tell him or make him listen to this. I don't know whichever one.
0: <laughs> well, he needs another 40 minutes of listening to me. Um, <laughs> he, that in itself has been a journey because we come from different families. And yeah. I think you bringing my dad into the conversation is so true because like how my family celebrates and how my family honors and champions is different to how his family did. Um mm-hmm. His family's a lot more quiet about it. And, mm-hmm. um, I, we had to have a conversation of like, Hey, this is what I'm used to. And this is how I feel celebrated. And him being like, Hey, but I'm doing all these things. And, mm-hmm.
2: like,
0: oh, I see you. I see what mm-hmm. you do. Um, in his wedding vows, like, the one thing I remember him saying, because that's all a blur, thank goodness it's recorded, mm-hmm. Um was that I promised to protect you not because you need protection, but because you're precious. Oh. Which, I mean, got me open. Yeah. Uh, and he explained to me, he's like, I know you're fiercely independent, and you don't need me. Like, you can mm-hmm. survive in the world by yourself. Mm -hmm. Said my role is to keep you you and he said sometimes that's protecting you from yourself yeah and
1: wise man (laughs)
0: yeah um but yeah i think in that i promise to protect you because you're precious is how he celebrates me
1: that's yeah yeah good man no words other than that amazing man yeah no um super like left field question oh, right. but <laughs> what's what's your favorite book at the moment or favorite all-time book
0: wow um i literally this morning finished mm. reading the meaning of marriage which we mm. can start talking about something other than marriage um cause I no that's lived, fine i am now a married woman that's all i can talk about um <laughs>
1: It's your life season, Pietro. I like
0: know, yes, it is. Uh, but Tim Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage. Yeah. It took me over a year to read it, not only because I'm a slow reader, but mm-hmm. because I would read a page, put the book down and be like, Ugh What? <laughs> um And it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, okay. Read it, definitely read it. Um mm-hmm. I am not a big reader, which makes sense because i don't like being by myself and um i don't like quiet
1: <laughs> hello extrovert <laughs>
0: um so i've been listening to a lot of podcasts oh yeah recently and that's kind of been um how i've kind of been reading uh all mm-hmm. time favorite book i cannot remember the name of it right now which is horrible it's if I was at my home in New Zealand, I could pull it up for you, but it's in my home in New Zealand. But it's a mm-hmm. story of friendship between a girl and a nonverbal autistic boy.
1: Wow. Um,
0: which hits home for me with autism. Mm-hmm. Especially now on both sides of my family, my married-in family and my biological family. There's really? a lot of autism oh. um, around me and just kind of – I'm going to throw myself under the bus here. I don't know why I'm doing this. But I (laughs) was a very judgmental person. I really struggled to have patience with people who had difficulties because I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And being able to recognize because I don't have disabilities, I can be a blessing to someone and Mm -hmm. be a blessing right back to me. That book really was part of that softening of my heart.
1: Um, wow. are you, what was that?
0: There's like a basketball game happening upstairs right now. My <gasps> goodness.
1: Um, real life, man, real life. This is yeah, what it
0: is. This is it. we are podcasting in the trenches. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think those books definitely had an impact on me. I don't know. Like all time. I'm not a big reader, so I can't tell you like,
1: that's all right. We can talk about the podcasts You've
0: I've read. This is my favorite. I, yeah. I, you know me, I would be more out uh, shooting hoops than I would be reading a book.
1: This is true. How, is it nipple in America?
0: Uh, this would totally make sense to you. In high immigrant populations, yes. <laughs> 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 no, like not only anywhere where there's people from the Commonwealth, where there's a high yeah. population of Jamaicans or British people, you'll find it there. Mm-hmm. So it's big in New York, but... I don't think there is any in Dayton.
1: No, that's terrible.
0: Yeah, Um, I've had to reinvent myself.
1: That's okay. How? Because you have been an immigrant twice over Mm -hmm. now—like South Africa to New Zealand, New Zealand to America.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. How? How did you walk through that? Like,
0: (laughs) Walking through that? I handed in my green card (laughs) application like a week ago. Um,
1: Yeah. Oh man, those questions though.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um we're in the trenches <laughs> in the trenches. Um dude has been wow. I think I mean you know this as an immigrant yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm twice immigrant yourself now too. Mm-hmm. I think immigrating as a kid there's so much like of an identity crisis that happens of Totally. First of all, well, where is my home? Mhm. Where am I from? Who are mm-hmm. my people? And then the whole name and accent thing just <sighs> exacerbates that. Um, yeah. Because my name and my accent come from two different places. Mm-hmm. And then when people ask you, where are you from? You're like, oh, how much time do we have?
1: Oh, um, my gosh. Like, yeah. How
0: much do you actually care?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like.
0: Um. But immigrating as an adult, and mine was a little different because I immigrated – to a place where my parents weren't, I have so much more compassion for what my mother went through. Yeah. Now than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot more guilt about what I was like as a kid <laughs> to my mother. Um, Cause she used to go home to South Africa to care for my Oma. Often she'd go, you know, once a year, once every few years. Um, And she would either leave us kids behind or take Isabel, my baby sister, and I, Mm -hmm. being the bready middle child that I am, threw a fit about it. Mm. But now on this side of immigration, I said to Anson, I said, if my mom needs me, I'm leaving your ass here. I'm going home. (coughs) Like, (laughs) I'm going home, you know. And (laughs) I think now just realizing (laughs) – that, like, I would drop everything. Yeah. If my mom needed me.
1: Yeah. Because um, mom's a precious man.
0: Yeah. And Wilma, grocery shopping as an immigrant, can we just take a moment? It's so hard. <laughs> 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 I remember I was standing, I mean, grocery shopping in America is hard anyway. They have like 10,000 options for everything. Yeah. Which is actually really fun. Um, but I needed to buy butter. Mm-hmm. I know which brand of butter my mum uses. Mm-hmm. And butter is something, if you buy the wrong brand, mm, you're screwed. You're screwed. And you're screwed for a while because that stuff mm-hmm.
1: lasts. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: And I was sitting there and I was like, I don't know what brand of butter to buy. Do I just buy the cheapest one? And I cannot call my mum and ask her mum, what butter do you use? Because it's not on the shelf in front of me. No, no, it isn't. So, my poor roommate. Thankfully, she so, was so gracious when we lived together. I would call her literally every time I went to the grocery store, mm-hmm. either asking her for a brand of something or asking her where in the grocery store do I find this. Mm-hmm. Wilma, well, where do you keep lemon juice in the grocery store?
1: Um, in the baking aisle here.
0: It's in the juice aisle. What? It's in the juice aisle. Uh, Which? How? Know, it makes sense. It's a juice but on the other hand i need my lemon juice with the things that i'm using with my lemon juice and my tropical juice ain't it <laughs> it is just, like I, I remember i called anson was the one that i called and i was like where do i find lemon juice i have walked a thousand steps trying to find it and he's like in the juice aisle it's lemon juice and i was like i wish you could know how that doesn't make sense <laughs>
1: Like, didn't you mention before, like, um, I see with my little eye something beginning with?
0: We play I Spy differently. Yeah. I play I Spy with my little eye something beginning with, and he mm-hmm. plays it with a colour or an adjective, like yes. any adjective. It can be something graceful or something... <laughs> Oh my god! You know, and so we were <laughs> stuck in traffic for an hour. Real, real life marriage. Um, yeah. Stuck in New York, upstate New York, and I was like, "Let's mm-hmm. play I Spy." And after a couple of rounds, he's like, "Is this how you play I Spy?" I was like, "Yes." It's I Spy. How do you play it? Oh. <laughs> 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 <It's different.
2: laughs> <gasps> Oh,
0: that is gold. White people, that we wouldn't have like a cross-cultural, um, marriage. We do. It's not bi-cultural. It's bi-ethnic. And yeah. Yeah. Like, I, have you seen the movie Yesterday? No. You have to watch it. It Okay. Um, It's like a feel-good family movie, but it's better than the other feel-good family movies. And it's got Jennifer Gardner in it, who's a personal favorite of mine. Okay. Mm -hmm. But um, the mom is American. The dad is Hispanic. Mm -hmm. They depict that relationship and the reality of a bilingual household so well. Mm -hmm. At one point, he says um, that he just needs to pop into the office and she's angry with him. And she says it back in his accent to him. She goes, oh, you just need to pop back into the office. And if you're not in a bilingual or (laughs) bi-ethnic relationship, you're like, oh, is she racist? But if you are, you're like, oh, that's real. (gasps) Oh, man, that's so
1: good. Um, uh, So apart from, like, the I Spy Mm -hmm. and the legion of other differences between not only... America and New Zealand, but America and South Africa. Mm. Um, what has been the like one, like, oh, this is, this is so different between the two of us. Like, we actually handle this quite differently.
0: That's a really good question. Um, mm. I feel like it's not like really big things. Mm. Um, it's just little things, like how we pronounce words and, um, <laughs> and the American tendency to live out a you. Um, yeah, but also the like down under tendency to just shorten words. Oh, I mean, yeah. You can. Um,
1: that's
2: true. But, that is a vibe.
0: Yeah. Um, wow. What has there's like little words that we use different words for the same thing, which has been it's been really fun watching Anson kind of like adopt my language. Yeah. Kind of, um, like they call it the uh a shopping cart and we call it a trolley mm-hmm. but he'll say to me like oh can you go get the trolley which is know. super sweet of him like i yeah five stars for that yeah. um but i don't know what's been the biggest difference thankfully we both come from cultures that are big eaters have mm. really dry senses of humor
2: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> and um we both come from families that are really big on family
2: so mm-hmm.
0: i think the big things have been consistent oh, similar mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: um i think the one thing and this is gonna be so silly is table manners Well, my what do you mean and my family
1: yes my very formal
0: <laughs> very formal around the table one of my <laughs> favorite games as a kid was no rules no manners dinners Where you could eat how you wanted to, (laughs) and Anson comes from a beautiful Midwest family where Mm -hmm. it's just not even a discussion. Like as long as you're not eating with your mouth open, you're fine. Um, And I, Uh... I love my grandmother is going to meet you, and you know she's going to think the world of you, but you're going to need to learn how to use your knife because they just don't use their knife. Um. And so that's been an adjustment for me is not putting a knife out for him for dinner. Mm. And also for me, learning how to use just my fork so that I don't look like a pretentious puppet's <laughs> wife when we go out <laughs> to <and> eat.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, that
2: is gold,
1: man. Yeah. That's
0: uh, one of the things you don't realize.
1: It It actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, what? what, what did I want to say? Um, the podcasts you've been listening to, um, that's what I wanted to say. What what have you been listening to? I
0: have been listening to, um, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, just like every other Christian in the world.
2: Um,
0: yeah. Which has been really interesting, uh, mm-hmm. especially being now a ministry wife.
2: Mm hmm. Um,
1: and just, you know, um, Sorry to interrupt. Can we just? Because there's some people who aren't Christians who are mm. going to listen to this. Like, what do you mean by ministry, wife?
0: So, my husband is a pastor in our church. And how often churches work, by extension, I, as the spouse, it's like the one job in the world where your spouse is involved with your job.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
1: Weird.
0: Like, imagine if Darcy was expected to show up to your lab and just be there. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it'll be weird it's not safe
1: <laughs> yeah like and he's sitting there being like what do you mean that you just have to sit here and babysit machines and yeah. i'm like it's 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 what i do that's how to explain my job badly <laughs> um,
0: but yeah so not only am i expected to you know be there on a sunday not by his boss the lead pastor is super understanding and Makes a really uh, amazing church environment to be part of, which we're really thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other part of being a ministry spouse is working for a church is twenty four seven. It's like being in mm-hmm. it; you never, you don't leave your laptop at the office, and you know that's that kind of thing. You're constantly because it's relational; it's it's ongoing and. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think for me, supporting him in what he does, but also being a part of what he does through a relationship, listening to how a church started and how it completely fell apart um, in really ugly ways, but also how yeah. it was beautiful, um, is just important for me to recognize, okay, how can I as a life partner mm-hmm. empower my husband to do this in a healthy way? Can mm-hmm. I, as a congregation member, be part of, be part of building a healthy culture? Um, totally. So, so that's been really interesting. I've been listening to that. Um, it's also been really challenging to kind of switch off that Christian judgment of like, oh, mm-hmm. I would do it so different or I wouldn't mm-hmm. fall into those traps. Um, but also just, I've been listening to, the relevant podcast and Mm-mm. the holy post, just kind of listening to current events being discussed by Christians that have like a range of life experiences and a range mm-hmm. of, um, convictions and beliefs just mm-hmm. to kind of help form my own worldview in a different country. And now as a, a new family adult, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, has been really interesting. I'm currently on my TV is made for this with Jenny Allen, which a friend sent me to listen to. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. I, okay. I am a stay at home wife right now. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's okay. Um, I've also been listening to, uh, the happy hour with Jamie Ivy. So I've been hearing about all these books that I want to read. Um, but just listening to the author talk about them is inspiring enough for me. Oh, I do have books that I want to read that they talk about on these podcasts. I've just been yeah. on a journey of unpacking the why of my belief. Like why, oh, wow. So why cool. Why I hold this belief? And I don't want to say that it's… Um,
1: deconstructing.
0: I'm not deconstructing. But it's <laughs> when I kind of view deconstructing as like a… My English just failed me, but like a range of things. That's okay. Where you can can be deconstructing in a big way that leads people to question, do I hold my faith or do I not? But you Mm -hmm. can be deconstructing in the way that I am of like, okay, I have a lifetime of these beliefs and Mm. I was in Christian education for the first 12 years of my education, 13 years. Mm. Why do I believe the things that I believe? Um, mm-hmm. And I think looking forward into one day, eventually in the future, being a mother, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, thinking, okay, well, what of my beliefs do I want to impart on the next generation and why?
1: Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have a particular like belief at the moment that you are willing to share um, that you're thinking about?
0: I've been I've been tackling some heavy hitters.
1: <laughs> oh dude. Um i We we live for this. Mm-hmm. We live for heavy stuff.
0: Um I've been I've been really tackling purity culture.
1: Oh come on now.
0: Um Yes, Queen. Well why? Mm-hmm. Um, what is my belief on premarital sex? Mm-hmm. Do I have a belief on premarital sex? Mm-hmm. And if I do, why?
1: So <laughs> I just realized that I reacted to this quite like not how other Christians would react to this,
0: <laughs> yeah. especially coming from a pastor's wife. Um, yeah, newlywed really pastor's wife. Goodness. Um, yeah.
1: So just just to clarify for the readers, what she just said is like the the whole questioning of purity culture in Christian circus is the equivalent of like dropping an atomic bomb to mm-hmm. something. And w- I guess what I should have been like would have been like quite dramatic and being like,
2: Oh, <gasps> oh how dare you? How dare like, you? like what? Wow, what is this?
1: Yeah. But like, I we are on a, like Pietro and I are quite on a similar mindset of like, is purity culture like something that's actually helpful? Does it lead to a better, understanding of the beauty mm-hmm. of how God created sex does it lead to um like a deepening understanding of the gospel mm-hmm. and yeah I'll just let her talk about it because we've briefly talked about it but yeah. you go, you go you
2: go girl
0: um and so I think I am someone who still believes in saving sex till marriage mm-hmm. which is so much easier for me to say now because I'm married <laughs> 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 um,
1: no, I concur. Like I'm not married, and I agree with you that saving sex before marriage is
0: but ideal. But my thing was, well, why? Mm-hmm. Because I think um, I'm actually the first year of Gen Z. Which, if that's mm. going to make you question our friendship, that's fine. Um, <laughs>
1: um, I am the one who is unnamed in the millennials.
0: Like, <laughs> all right, Peter. Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but so I think. For me, realizing that the coming generation is asking why for everything.
1: Yeah, as they should. It's
0: just because I said so isn't a it's not good answer enough. anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, it's been like, okay, well, now as someone who has experienced sex and marriage, mm-hmm. why? Why do I mm-hmm. believe that that's the healthy way to go about it? And, um, not trying to have my answer laced with fear
2: shame, mm-hmm.
0: or avoidance,
2: cool. Um, mm-hmm.
0: But trying to have it laced in a way of of grace, um, mm-hmm. of beauty, of but also not having it being this like self fulfillment thing. Yeah. And so I think nah, so good. Even in that unpacking, what is sex? Why is sex? Um, and unpacking that, and, um, that's kind of been my journey. I've also been, I think, just in the world that we grow up in, thinking a lot about how the church deals with homosexuality.
2: Mm. Um,
1: you are not pulling any punches.
0: When you asked this question, I was like, dear goodness, <laughs> racking my brain. For like, what's a small topic that I've been thinking of? I haven't been thinking of small topics
2: because
1: dude i i am again i agree i agree
0: and for me my journey with that is do i need an opinion do i like do i need to have an opinion because that's someone else's life in such an intimate way that my sexuality is between me and god and my husband And if that's okay, and if no one's out here saying, no, I need an opinion on your sexuality, why do I, (laughs) as a cis white heteronormative woman, need an opinion? And I think uh, just as a white woman, recognizing that I don't need an opinion on a lot of topics, but that I can listen and Mm -hmm. that I can learn and if at the end of the day, my answer is I don't know, then that's okay. That's
1: okay. That's more than okay.
0: Yeah. Cause there's a lot of
1: opinions within Christian culture about mm-hmm. this whole identity politics that are coming through. And as, as with anything, there's a range of opinions. Um, I, and I've listened to both sides who one side being like, Hey, we actually need to pay attention to this identity politics. And the other side, they're like, Hey, like what matters? is the fact that you love Jesus, like the mm. color of your skin doesn't matter. And the nuance is the fact that both parties are actually right. Mm. Um, there needs to be an understanding that when God created us, He created everything about us, including the color of our skin. And to look at someone and then say, hey, like that doesn't matter in a dismissive manner, that's mm. not okay. But in saying, "Like, hey, I see you, mm. but it's your character that comes out, that's why I'm saying, like, the color of your skin doesn't matter in my judgment of you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's okay. Like, right? that's okay to say that. Um, but it's, it's listening with that nuance. Mm-hmm. And that comes as well with the topic of homosexuality and being like, Hey, like, God is the, like, overriding authority of sexuality. Mm-hmm. How? do we deal with sexuality? How, Mm -hmm. how do we like learn to see the gospel within that Mm -hmm. and then move our answer to what is, how do we not really legislate? That's the wrong word, but how do we talk about it? Mm -hmm. Um, because legislation is, is just
0: because legislation isn't necessarily connected to the church. Exactly. Um, but I think for me it's just, not only talking about it, but mm. I'm called to love people. Exactly. And so at the end of the day, my opinion means nothing if I'm not loving. Whew. And regardless of what my opinion is, whether I agree with it, whether I disagree with it, whether I couldn't care less, mm-hmm. my command from God is mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. And regardless of my opinion. Amen. And so that's where I've kind of landed of, I don't need to have an opinion on everything. Mm -hmm. I just need to love.
1: Yeah. And that is difficult to do. Like, well, for me, um, I should like, I don't know about you, but it's quite difficult for me to show love to people that I disagree with their opinion. Mm. Um, like for me, I, I have to work on being like, okay, just because we disagree does not mean that a, I stop loving you. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the level of trust that is there might like change, but the love aspect of it, realizing how to keep as like, keep your love on. Um, (laughs) as, because who was, who was it who said Hiroka? Denny Silk? I can't remember. Maybe, um.
0: but it's it's that I think I can speak for both of us because I know us both <laughs> mm. well enough to say that it's hard to see someone who disagrees with you as your equal, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're so convicted in what we believe that we cannot we cannot see that person who disagrees with us as not inferior. Mm-hmm. And I think that, there's a
1: part of that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that's been part of my journey is recognizing, hey, you human, do life differently to what I do. You yeah. um, say some things that I wouldn't say, and mm-hmm. you do some things and you move in crowds that I wouldn't move in. That doesn't make you less human. It mm-hmm. doesn't make you a worse human.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It just makes you different. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of comes that point of, okay, I don't need an opinion. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just a safety measure for me of if I don't have an opinion, it's easier for me to love people.
2: <laughs> <than> <laughs> if I had an opinion.
0: Um, and, but no, I, um, I think we kind of, we're the whole just jumping back to deconstruction. I mm-hmm. think we as humans, even with purity culture, we're too scared to not have an answer. Mm, that's a good point point. and so if we're deconstructing purity culture we feel like well premarital sex has to be okay then
1: which is a really like weird yeah. jump you, you to, to go jump to from
0: one to the other you can't mm-hmm. sit in the middle of i don't know yet give me time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and i think i think that's why i've been unpacking my why is mm-hmm. i don't want to just have an opinion on things for the sake of having an opinion on things, yeah. For the safety of having an opinion on things, um, I want to know why. Why do I mm-hmm. have an opinion?
1: No, nah, I, I, I agree with that mentality. Like, it's it's great. That's all I have to say.
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I took us to a very big place. <laughs> no, I,
1: I don't mind. I think it's really important to talk about these topics. Um, in terms of like within Christian culture as well as like allowing like other people who aren't Christians to hear how we come to these realizations. And I think you nailed it on the head here through of like opinions don't matter if I don't love mm-hmm. um, Pete Paul Paul not Peter, Paul said it well of like, you know, I could have all the knowledge in the world, but if I don't have love, I'm just a resounding gong. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have slowly like curtailed my own hunger for knowledge. Cause I love learning and I yeah. love like growing. I, I, I do like, I'm a massive nerd and I've just kind of been like, okay, you can only like putting limits in my own brain of like, yeah. Hey, Study this in depth, but never forget that you're studying this for the sake of love. Mm -hmm. You are doing this for the sake of loving another person well. Mm -hmm. Um, I've mentioned you to to you before that I'm like obsessed with Genesis. Um, and like studying that and being like, okay, how do I communicate the fact that like God loves us Mm -hmm. so much that he created this world? for himself for us like and being like if we live in that and not necessarily in the mindset of like does genesis one prove evolution does it disprove evolution does it prove that the earth is x amount of years but it's like actually that's a. don't think genesis is actually
0: like yeah like like, is to help us to love better exactly better to love ourselves better and to love others better Exactly. If we're getting so lost in the like theological weeds that we're losing sight of that, mm-hmm. we've lost the point.
1: Yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, I totally I will hold. <laughs> yeah, no, I I am so totally with you. Like when I, because obviously when you start studying Genesis, those questions come up, and I was like, I'm not dealing with those. I have no knowledge-based opinion well i do have an opinion but i've no knowledge base about like evolution and genesis 1 because i don't think genesis 1 is talking about that because the book of genesis was written to a specific set of people at a certain time frame and this ancient near eastern thoughts didn't think like we do like they didn't they weren't concerned with like hey this subatomic quark how does it work how does it become like this atom and like they didn't
0: Not all of us care about that nerd. Um, exactly.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Like, nobody. Yeah. Anyway, like, just they, but they weren't thinking about that at all. Like, normal people. I just read about it because I, I like nerding out on science. Mm -hmm. That's how I know about quarks. (laughs) But like, just normal people are like, "What? what? What is that? But they, Ancient Near Eastern people weren't even thinking about that, so why do we bring that to reading Genesis anyway? Yeah, we're yeah. getting off the topic.
0: Yeah, we yeah, with the, We could stick on that. that
1: that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I that's my soapbox. Of like,
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish people could have seen your face with that. <gasps> it's it's just
1: Christians carry the narrative of how to read the Bible well. Because we are the readers of it. Mm-hmm. So if, if we don't read it well, which is basic comprehension, like how, how do you expect people to respect it? Mm-hmm. Like, this is the word of God. This is like the the, the, the Hebrew scriptures or the Old Testament, depending on your tradition. That's the book that Jesus read.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, Jesus read those words mm-hmm. and christians are like oh no the old testament doesn't matter the new testament is what matters it's like starting the marvel cinematic universe at doctor strange if you just well, read the new the testament it's
0: like making yourself sound more and more like a nerd as we go <gasps> but mm. i am a nerd and i'm okay with that <laughs> I this for you but no i totally agree i um recently was reading through deuteronomy mm. which i don't Know if I've ever actually like mindfully read the book of Deuteronomy.
1: I mean, it is a mouthful,
0: (laughs) yeah. Um, but looking, we kind of have this idea of the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, Mm -hmm. but seeing the God of the New Testament in the God of the Old Testament, (laughs) it really breaks the Old Testament open, and you realize that God is God, it's not exactly, he was this vengeful, righteous, like gonna you in the old testament and then became this like coddling lamb in the new testament he's Mm both man all the time um i this will be my hot take it's not even a hot Mm -hmm. i've had a lot of hot takes already um i think the church especially with our generation Mm -hmm. is at a point of redefining itself right now Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. coming out of covid and out of this time of being apart I think we're redefining what church life is, redefining mm-hmm. what it is to be a christian
2: um, mm-hmm.
0: and I think we're at a a place that we're gonna have to think, well, what's important what what are the key things that have to be there um
2: mm-hmm.
0: and what just isn't important, yeah, and I am excited as someone who loves the church and is mm-hmm. part of the church. I'm excited to see. What happens and where it goes. Um, and I hope that I'm right, that it is
1: a, a redefining moment. A yeah. Redefining
0: moment. Yeah. No, I'm, I totally
1: agree with you. I think that there will be a lot of like going back to the basics, mm-hmm. love God, love people, which is mm-hmm. going to be amazing. And you're going to have a lot of people being like, but, <laughs> but I like the formula that we do Sundays with. Like, I do, I love it so much. Like, why are we letting it go? And I think we're going to have to be quite gracious Mm -hmm. to those people and being like, Hey, it's okay to love a formula, Mm -hmm. but you don't love the formula above everything else. Mm -hmm. Like, structure is amazing. It is beautiful, but it is there to make what's inside more stunning. Um, and if it's stifling, the Holy Spirit, then the structure's gotta go. Um so that's that's my building on what you said and yeah, I'm excited for the church, I think. I think we're just gonna have a lot of like really smart people who are like, why why is why is it like that? Mm -hmm. And I think leaders are gonna like upskill because they're like, oh I I I can't just say it just because I I actually have to like read my word and be quite like sharp in that and I'm really, really excited Mm -hmm. about that.
0: Same, so, same, same.
1: Yeah. So, my friend, it is question time for you. Yes. Um, because this is a double episode now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you get two questions that you get to ask me. Um, and then
0: I will answer. I don't answer. think you've asked me any of the questions that you were supposed to ask me.
1: <laughs> no. Um, we just like <laughs> freestyled it. Well, to be honest. I asked you about good stories and yeah. we talked about good stories. Yeah. We talked about bad stories. We talked about moving on through the bad story. Like we 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 did it though. We did. We we did.
0: It's interesting for me how when I was thinking about how I would answer those questions and how this conversation has gone could not mm-hmm. be more different. <laughs> 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 um so funny. Um I was going to talk uh. about myself a lot more and my marriage a lot less, which I'm glad that it went the way that it did because yeah, we don't need to hear about me as much as we do need to hear about life and doing life and relationships. Mm. Two questions for you. Mm. I had these prepared and I lost them as well. Um, I'm going to ask you this first one. What is something that you are so proud of about yourself? <sighs> Which I know is a tough one because I think mm. we, you and I, tend to be very self-critical and very focused on growth. Um, yeah.
1: Um. So what I'm really proud of about myself is that I was willing to open my heart to Darcy and learn what it's like to be loved in the middle of a conflict. Mm. So let me explain. Um we no it was just before we turned 1 year and I was on the phone with him and um we got onto the topic of private health insurance and um he and I was like no I don't I don't have private health insurance and he was like what he was like I am so angry with you I'm going to hang up the phone and he hung up the phone <laughs> <laughs> just- okay and I was like did that just happen? And he was like, how can you not have health insurance? Like, this is important. Like, what will, do you honestly think like the government, do you want to get into debt with, if you have a car crash and stuff like that? And I was like, okay, all right. He, and um, usually um, when someone I love does that sort of thing, um, I would have like spiraled completely being like, he doesn't love me. He doesn't want to be with me. Like there's something wrong with me. But I was, I was pissing myself laughing. Like I was like, okay, babe, like it's, it, it, it's fine. It's fine. I can, I can get like health insurance. It's not a big deal. And he was like, is it because like. Not a
0: big deal moment.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not a big deal. was <laughs> like,
1: and he was like is it because like you can't afford it like i'll pay for it like it's fine like he
0: he was (laughs) and i was like i might point out we're in a pandemic right now i literally go nowhere how am i supposed (laughs) to get in a car crash enough to be in debt
1: (laughs) like like, because we're both essential workers so i do drive so i did see his point um but i was like okay babe it's not a big deal i can get (laughs) health insurance it's it's fine it's fine so being able to see the difference between not a big deal and it's a big deal is, mm-hmm. yeah. And, um,
0: yeah, so. That you're okay.
1: Yeah, that, and that we're okay. And there was no like, Oh, he, he doesn't love me because I knew that his anger was coming from. Oh my fucking God. I love you so much.
2: Why do you do this to
1: yourself? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah.
0: See, my second question for you. And I will say like the same as what you said for me, it's been as your friend, amazing to see you walk through that journey of not getting a text every time there's like a minor inconvenience in your life that is like the biggest deal and that the world is ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, But being able to recognize like, Hey, you're okay. And you've been okay yeah. for a while and um, that it's okay to be okay. Mm-hmm. um have you done the enneagram yes
1: but i have opinions about the enneagram but continue with what you were
0: saying this might help your opinion on the enneagram um that we all carry all parts of the enneagram some are oh. longer than others because the enneagram makes up a full perfect person and mm-hmm. that you'll kind of see that when you take the Enneagram in different parts, different times of your life, you'll mm-hmm. spike in different numbers. Mm-hmm. Knowing you, I think that might help your opinion on the Enneagram.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It it did. It did. Because I took it on different parts and I was like, firstly, I was an eight and I lost the plot laughing. I was like, who? Me? Confrontational? Like, are you dumb? And then I realized what I said after. I
0: said, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Wilma.
1: <laughs> okay. And then I took it and then I took it again and I was a 2 and it was like really warm and loving and I was like, "Ah." All right. And then I took it again and I was a 5, which was the investigator, and I was like, "Okay, that seems more thing and yeah." Well, so,
0: I think those make up a triangle, which would yeah sense because yeah. You'll bounce between those depending on where you are in your health unhealth strength, mm-hmm. your stress. So, yeah. So, you're not making sense actually makes sense
1: i know I know the oxymorons I know. um
0: it's a great time my second question for you um is how outside of your relationship because we've talked mm-hmm. about relationships um that single jaded person in me is still deep in there where it's like ugh, relationships can we talk about something else Um, here I am very heavily married. (laughs) Yeah. Um, outside of your relationship with Darcy, how Mm. are you seeing beauty and goodness in the world at the moment? Um,
1: so I think I've already, like, you know about this because you're my friend, but I don't think the audience knows this, but I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety in February 14, 2020. <laughs> which was a massive, yeah. it's like oh great um and the next day i had to go and MC one of my friend's engagement party which was hilarious to me mm-hmm. um and then what happened then was like when i got my diagnosis i went to bunnings and got a plant and because what, what do you do when you have life altering news? You when go shopping.
0: Millennial and life has thrown you a curveball. Well, I buy a plant. uh
1: Yes. Yes. I, I do. I do. Okay. And, um, I sat myself down after I got the plant and I sat myself down with Jesus as well. And I was like, hey, this is going to be a part of my story, mm. but it's not going to be the end of my story. Mm, I love um, and I, I will walk through this. I will do everything that needs to be done, go to counseling, go and see a psychologist. But if that doesn't work, I'm willing to go on medication because I wasn't, I wasn't willing to go on medication because like I wasn't willing to mess with my brain chemistry that much. Um, just because I'm hesitant to go on um, SSRIs, but the option was that so I. Well, well, I guess it's like forcing myself to. Um, but I allowed myself to be wooed again by Jesus, to see the beauty of the moment and to be thankful. Um, even though it was flipping hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there were moments when it was like, I just I just wanna cry all the time, I just wanna curl up into a bowl. Um, but I still was like, Okay, I I still choose life. Um, and some days that was it. It was like, and it was said in a monotone voice of like, I still choose life. Um, and it was also choosing to be quite thankful and, um, surrounding myself with a community of people who just held me in that moment, who didn't try to fix me and be like, Oh no, like God is this, God is that. And, um, it was also meditating on John, John 14, um, or, was it or was it John Seventeen? Okay. Anyway, the story of Lazarus dying. Mm. Um, so basically, the just Cliff Notes version of it: uh, Lazarus got sick, and he was in another city. And then a letter got to Jesus, who was in another city, and it said, "Hey, the one whom you love is sick. Please come." And Jesus was like, "Ha! Huh, this sickness is not unto death, but to the glory of God." And um, his his disciples were like, "What are you talking about?" And he he was like, "No, no, just just wait and see." So he delayed coming to see Lazarus, and Lazarus died. And um, I sat there, being like, "What would have Lazarus have felt in that moment of like knowing that Jesus can heal the sick, right?" And he's He's probably lying on a pallet on the floor and he's looking at the doorway and he's looking at every single foot being like, oh, is that Jesus? Is that Jesus? And Jesus doesn't show up. And I was like, how did Lazarus die? Did he die being like,
2: yeah, like
1: God is still good or did he die bitter Mm. and Mm. being like, oh, God doesn't love me. God doesn't want me. And I still, I don't have an answer because the Bible doesn't say, um, but what it does say is that Jesus like came when Lazarus was fully dead, not just dead, dead, but like brother was like four days dead. <laughs> He's, he gone. Brother's gone. And he called Lazarus from the grave and rose him up again. And for me, I took those questions to God and I was like, how dare you not heal him? How dare you show up? four days late Mm -hmm. and he just he was real gentle because jesus is super gentle and he like held my face in his hands and he was like well ma i didn't heal him from his sickness but i rose him up from the dead i was now no longer called the healer but i was called the king over death my identity went from being like oh he can just heal sickness to he reigns over the very thing that kills me. And I was like, Oh, okay. You wanted me to see a different view of you Mm -hmm. that I never would have seen if like, I hadn't gone through this. Um, and like, not in a way of like, no, you know, God sent depression to teach me a lesson because he doesn't do that. But in a way of like, because he walked through with me through that depression, I was able to see something of him that I, I never realized um, as the one who holds us through the darkness. Mm. And for me, that has been something that has changed my life. Um Do I still have pockets of like walking through the dark tunnel? Um, yeah, I do. Um, I don't think being a Christian, uh, <laughs> excludes you from suffering. No. I think you're, it, you're signing up for a life of suffering the moment you become a Christian. Um Because you're and, signing up for a life. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that, that's really what I learned through,
2: yeah, I that's,
1: that. that's how I found beauty, basically. Being able to meditate on Jesus' words and on Jesus himself and, um, allow him to weave my heart to make something beautiful for him.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's, and that's it.
0: I love that. I think, yeah, I love your communication with Jesus and your realness with him. I love that you're not afraid to be mad at God. Um, and that you're not afraid to share your honest thoughts with him because Mm -hmm. he's real and he's a relational guide and he will meet you with a a feeling um, you're feeling. I would love to have been a fly on the wall for the conversation between Lazarus and Jesus when he came out of the grave. Because I know had it been me, I would have been like, homie, they embalmed me. (laughs)
2: I stink <laughs> yeah, right now stink?
0: give me a bath a coffee <laughs> like, uh, what is this yeah really <laughs> I had to be the one you couldn't be some random that's a really good point it just wasn't a random person it was his friend yeah. this is how you treat your friends boo? <laughs> I don't know if I want to be called a friend of God right now like you killed him, you let him die. Yeah, he didn't kill him, but he did let him die.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> semantics.
0: Um, Very important semantics.
1: Okay, okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Give you that one. But yeah, um, thank you so much, Pietro. Um, it's been a blast. <laughs> We're in an hour forty. I-
0: um. <laughs> Dude, You might need to cut this into Maybe we're just going to have to redo it And be more focused You know what we should do Is if I'm in your podcast again We need to FaceTime the day before And just catch up And get all of that out of our systems Because then I can be More focused I also need (laughs) to spend more time with people So that I'm not so desperate to get my words out
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well I like the fact that this podcast was like, hey, it's just Pietro and I catching up because literally, guys like, this is what we talk about. Yeah. Whenever we like catch up. Like there is no like
0: scriptedness. No, it just felt like us hanging out. At one point I was like, wait, have I answered any of the questions? And I was like, no, (laughs) but that's fine. I don't know if anyone wants to be part of our conversations, but (laughs) I want to be part of our conversations. I (laughs) I do too I do.
1: But okay, friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate you.
0: I appreciate you too. And I'm super proud of sober Wow. Super <laughs> proud of you. But Thanks. not only who you are, but what you're doing. I think it's super yeah. exciting. And I know that, um, while you're super, you know, confident and great on your podcast, I know that it's a big deal for you. And <laughs> I want to say that I'm, I'm really, I see you. I see Thank you. you. I see you. Thank and
1: you. Thank you, friend. I, whew,
0: I'm gonna cry again.
1: Um, but thank okay, you. Just
0: take a moment and appreciate that me, the crier, didn't cry. I know. We talked for an I know. hour and 40 and I didn't cry. And I was the one who bowled, like. Twice.
1: <laughs> are you counting? Are you counting? This? Is
0: this what it is? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> oh. I don't with this story. Pardon? I should leave you with this story. I went okay. to the doctor, um, and I was talking to the nurse. She was this beautiful black lady who was super fun to talk to. And I was mm-hmm. very nervous. I was my, you know me when I'm nervous, I just talk a bunch of crap.
1: Talks horrible diarrhea for the win. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, which is why we're at an hour 40 into this. And mm-hmm. she, she was asking me where I'm from and, um, you know the whole discourse of not calling Black people African American,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, but she laughed and she's like, "Oh, so you're an actual African American?" <laughs> and I don't know what came over me. I was like, "Yeah, some would say I'm more African American than you." And she cracked up laughing. She's like, "You absolutely are more African American than I am." <laughs> so from one sassy African baby to another, that was a <gasps> moment Um,
1: of it was it worked it worked oh thanks so much pietz you're the best oh all good (laughs) hello beautiful one thank you so much for listening to this week's episode i appreciate you and your choice to listen to this podcast if you could Please continue to support me by following me on my Instagram account of A Good Story Starts With, or if you want to listen to more of my poetry, it's at Wilma the Smith. I'll see you next week with the latest podcast at A Good Story Starts With